From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Wednesday, April 13th. I'm Sarah Reith. Ballots for the primary election will be mailed out to voters at the end of this month, and sample ballots are now available at the Mendocino County Elections page. The election will be especially lively in the 5th District, where Supervisor Ted Williams is facing challenger John Redding, and a bond measure for the Anderson Valley School District will be decided. 3rd District Supervisor John Hazchak has an opponent in Clay Romero, and Michelle Hutchins, the current superintendent of schools, is squaring off against Nicole Glenser. But many incumbents are facing no opposition, including Sheriff Matt Kendall, District Attorney David Eister, Assessor Clerk Recorder Katrina Bartlemay, and four Superior Court judges, Anne Mormon, Keith Falder, Victoria Shanahan, and Cindy Mayfield, all of whom are guaranteed six-year terms. Shamise Cubison is running unopposed for the newly created office of Auditor-Controller-Treasurer-Tax-Collector. At a League of Women Voters Q&A last night, Bartlemay said that voters can cast ballots at polling places, where they can also sign up for same-day registration, and they can also drop their ballots in drop boxes. And our drop boxes have been a huge success. We uh, brought those in, I think, in November of 2020. Um, we have one outside here at our um, LOGAP facility. We have a drop-off location at the city of Ukiah, the city of Willits, the city of Fort Bragg, and the city of Point Arena. We have a drop box um, at the Boonville Fairgrounds that's only open during their hours. They wheel it, you know, out to the public in in their office, and then they wheel it back into their secure location. The only ballot measure is Measure M, a proposed $13 million obligation bond for the Anderson Valley School District. The interest cost on the bond is expected to be $9 million. Louise Simpson, the Anderson Valley superintendent, shared some information. It's requiring a 55% passage. The um, tax would be a $60 per $100,000 of assessed value. Um, The schools are more than 70 years old, and I can't in my position advocate a passage one way or another, but I can tell you some of the issues that we face. I have... Uh, raw sewage coming up on my playground routinely because my leech lines have failed at the high school. I have roofs that leak. I have classrooms that haven't been remodeled since 1957. So the community did pass a measure A in 2010. Um, Half of those bonds were were funded. Um, There's Uh, another $7 million that are available, but because the valuation has already hit, those aren't going to be available until 2039. Elementary is particularly problematic. I have classrooms without water. The bond would be a 30-year obligation, but Simpson expects that construction could get started fairly quickly. You know, with the interest rate environment changing, it will probably be a two-series bond. So they would come out, the first series would be fairly quick. So it would be approximately a year, I think. You have to spend your money within three years. So you need to look at those supply chains and make sure you're able to fulfill the construction requirement. Um, It's a 30-year bond. So assessed value in Anderson Valley is very low because we have uh, folks that don't turn over a lot, but we are seeing some gentrification. So that's going to take a, 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 you know, a little bit of it in play too. So we are looking at a 30-year cycle on it. But my hope is for series, uh, we would see significant construction in three years. And then, um, you know, the second series come out the three years thereafter. 
Simpson is also tapping other sources of state and federal funding, including $40,000 in hardship money for gym heaters. She said she's also eligible for $600,000 for other projects, and she got some COVID money to replace air conditioners at the high school. She'll be offering tours of the campuses in May. Bart LeMay laid out the rules for electioneering, observing, and exit polls on the actual day of the election should people choose to show up at a physical location. We have observers here that they wanted to watch us on election day. You know, they could come in and they could listen to the questions. They couldn't ask the workers questions. They could ask me or the assistant questions. Um, and they can they can watch the process. We can explain the process to them. Um, they would be able to speak to you as an inspector, Jane, um, speak to your judge, but they would have to just sit back and, and watch the, the, the thing. They have to sign in. They have a little badge they have to wear, and then they have to sign out when, when they're done. Voters or candidates cannot wear campaign buttons, campaign wear. They, that's not allowed within 100 feet. That's considered electioneering. We had up in Willits Community Center, and we had someone park a campaign van across the street. So we had to get out and we had to measure and, um, you know, they had to move it up the street a little bit, but they, as long as it's not within 100 feet, they're okay. They can do an exit poll. They just can't talk to them inside the polling place asking them how they're going to vote or what they're going to vote for. But that can happen outside. So for the exit poll, voters are not required to answer that, are they? No, they aren't. But a lot of times the media will come and they'll say, you know, okay, you voted. Do you mind sharing your voting experience? Do you mind? That's okay because they're they're not for one candidate. They're just trying to find out for for the media. You don't have to answer them. You can say, I'd rather not participate. And you can go on about your business. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.